Hello and welcome to the Swim Brief. I am Chris DeSantis and I am joined by the moved to Wisconsin, Joel Rawlings. Joel, finally from the central time zone again. Central time zone. There we go. So I'm awake for these now. Yeah. Yeah. You're sitting in your Spartan uh, new office, although I did note you have a window, which means you're ahead of me. Uh, I've never had an office with a window as a swim coach, so I think well, you're moving you up in the world. You just had to get yeah, now I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing how uh, for swimming in general, they 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 move away from like no windows for the pool, no windows for your office. I suppose that kind of shows where you are on the the pecking order of any staff or any athletics department is how many keys you have in your pocket and how many windows you have in your office. More well, keys, less, less windows. That means you're a swim coach. <laughs> less keys, lots of windows means you're an athletic director. <laughs> you're moving up. If you have one world. key, it opens all. Yeah. Yeah. You got that. If you have the magic key, if you have the key to the city, then you really know um, you're making all the decisions. So today on the podcast, um, we almost made a last minute decision to talk about um, Claire Cruzan's uh, decision to enter the transfer portal. This is. Um, uh, Tokyo Olympian Claire Cruzan, she just finished her freshman year at Stanford um, and uh, looks like she's considering leaving Stanford. Um, but, you know, I think there's another shoe to drop on that. So we're not going to get a, ahead of our skis and just go like, huh, you know, and then I plus I don't want you to say anything else that would piss off Greg Meehan, uh, just based off your comments in the past, the negative comments that you've had about Stanford women's swimming and diving. Um, so, you know, I think, I think I want to take the heat off for you for a week. We're going to talk about something else. We're going to talk about Michael Andrew, Joel, because he's, uh, he's in the news. Um, I guess he's in the, the zeitgeist uh, primarily because he didn't make the world championship team. Um, and uh, uh, um his, his white knight at the moment appears to be Brett Hawk, who was very upset that Michael Andrew did not make the team, despite not meeting the selection criteria to make the team, um, because he was, uh, was one of the top two finishers. I think he actually won one of the 50s of stroke, but that was the sixth priority for world championships. I don't want to so much get into that, um, but we got a couple of videos to watch down the line of um andrew but i thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to discuss professionalism um this is a guy who declared pro uh in swimming at age 14 and um it seems like he's at a bit of a career crossroads so let me just get your thoughts um on everything as we we start off here but particularly on the professionalism angle um of what you've seen it, it, uh, again, I just I only got the little clips, like especially off of Instagram and things like that, where, where it was kind of like, you know, we're just starting to kind of ramp up for the hundred kind of thing. Where, and it just seems like, you know, the professionalism, I, I was thinking like right there is like, so, so you're not 100 percent prepared for this meet. Is, is this like one of those like face saving kind of things where like you're gearing up for other stuff? Um, yeah. But it just seems as a professional to be like, you know, th this is world championships. This is one of the meets. It might, it's, you know, I think in the United States, we really focus on it's the Olympics or nothing, you know, kind of thing right. where, where we get that championship mentality where it's like, well, if, if you haven't won a championship, then you're not going to be considered one of the greatest of all time. If you're not, you know, it's not the Olympics and anything. It's like, 
I think as for swimming to gain more popularity in this country and as um, just swimming in general, it, it seems like the world championships need to be embraced. And it's uh, to, to go in there like where you, you kind of say, well, you know, we weren't really prepping for that. Well, then what, what were you prepping for? You know, I mean, it's like you've got the 50 brush, 100 breast. That, that's kind of your your, your shtick. You know what? Right. Wait, all of a sudden you're going 4 a.m. on us? I, he, I don't get it. The commentary, uh, it's Peter Andrews' uh, Instagram, and he, he's commenting over Michael swimming his preliminary 100 breasts at the World Championship Trials. And he says, I thought this was really, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but uh, this is, this yeah. is not too far off. I thought this was really good considering he hasn't trained it. And right. then later we'll have that ready for next year. And I'm thinking, what do you mean you haven't trained it? Like you're a professional swimmer is like, is like, I mean, uh, to me, this is the, this is the version of like the dog ate my homework excuse. It's like, Oh, I didn't swim well in the hundred breasts, but I, it's cause I forgot to train it. Like you're, you're a professional swimmer. What are you doing? Like right. if you're not training for one of the events, that is the you're event that you qualified yeah. for the Olympics in. Right, right. What are you doing? Like, I, I don't, it's, it, it doesn't it's make any sense where, to me. Where I, I stop and I start to think like, the, you know, there's there's two pathways there. One one is that's like, um, it's a cover for something, you know, obviously. Right. Or the other is like, um, if you haven't prepared for it, it's like, was it one of those things where you, you weren't planning on doing this race? Was it, was it not this race, but even this event? Was it one of those things where after the Olympics, you kind of, kind of disappeared a little bit? And is he still not recovered from that either mentally, or is he just kind of not more sure where he's at in, in his stage of his career anymore? So, so this, this, this is only two conclusions I'm coming for. It's either, either they, they, they just didn't really plan on doing this event. And they're like, you know what, we need to do this event because, you know, to, for sponsorship, things like this, we, we need to get after it or kind of covering for something deeper that's wrong. Well, yeah, and I mean, you would think, you would think as a professional swimmer, like, you know, the, the, this, the international competition and meddling at international competition is a significant factor in terms right. of whether people are going to sponsor you for a competition. So to say that it was part of our plan, like, I, I don't even know how a sponsor could watch us and, and hear them say basically, it was a part of our plan to intentionally not train for the best opportunity that Michael had to make an international team exactly, this yeah. summer. Like what, how is that? How is that like even set, set aside? Like, you know, you have some kind of master strategy um, that you're, that you're claiming in this, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't pass any common sense test for, for being a, um, professional swimmer. And I think it, it does, it does damage to the brand of, of, of quote unquote professional swimmer. And we know that's kind of a fledgling thing. And right? also it's, the brand of, of USRPT. Cause it, I always thought, well, that's again, that, that's your thing is 1500, you know, yeah. I mean, that's been the critique against it all the times. Like it's only for 50 and hundred. It's like, but if, if you haven't prepared even for a hundred, then, then, then what is the training that you're doing? You know, I, I, that's the thing is just, just like you said, it's like, it was only like, like a, a short video, kind of a throwaway comment of, you know, we're getting ready for other stuff, but like, it, it just leads to so many other questions that, that you just left like, 
what do you mean? I, I, again, I just, it's just so befuddling. I, I don't understand what, what else there is. I mean, this is your training is, is, you know, 1500. Yeah. This is your breaststroke. And what else? I mean, so I, for, I, I have come to a different place with this for a long time. I was a giant Michael Andrew fan and um, you know, I thought that a lot of the people that would get um, like, I, I think, you know, if you played a recording of me being this critical to me several years ago, I would have been like, that guy's just a hater. Like, why can't he just, you know, understand what Michael's doing. And so I, I have changed um, a lot of uh, on this. And I, I think, you know, the, the Olympics, just watching him um, get up to that stage and the way that he sort of behaved, um, which I thought was very selfish, not very team team oriented. Um, and then a lot of the stuff that I heard um, in regards to how his dad was, um, who was there as his his coach and as an Olympic coach, like it, it just and I can understand on the one hand, how they got into this situation where it doesn't really seem like any knowledge from the outside, you know, penetrates the Andrew bubble. <laughs> but like, I've been saying this now for a couple of years, God, they're desperately in need of some other input into this whole process, because I think it's so much like there's so much hubris. There's so much hubris in this you know, again, this statement of just like, yeah, we'll have that ready for next year. I'm like, do you understand what it means to train for the Olympics? Like, that's not, you don't start now. Like, you don't start 12 months out. That's not how, that's not how um, people do it. And I, I guess actually one of the bright points that I see is, um, you know, Brett Hawk was just out there um, and seemed like they were doing a little bit of something together. Like, if, if I were advising Peter Andrew right now, I would say find a way to get Brett Hawk on the team and get him involved with coaching Michael to have a, a world-class 50 free because it will be a massive improvement. The kid is has amazing – I say kid, he's 24 years old. The, the guy has amazing talent um, in the 50 free. He was just 100th off making the world championship team. He's been 21 mid. like and. Um, Brett Hawk has a, you know, all right pedigree coaching some 50 freestylers. Like, I think he's going to be able to show you guys a thing or two that I just don't see like coming into the system, some basic fundamentals of how to race an event like that. Um, so that, that's sort of what I would be uh, if I were advising the Andrew camp right now, and maybe they're already headed in that direction. I don't know. I think, um, Again, if that is if you know if that is one of the possibilities of it being hubris, like you said, that might be the thing that's made them able to become the level of athlete. And he is an elite level athlete. You know, people will still bash and things like this, but he is obviously an elite level athlete. For him to get this level, you need to have hubris, especially when you're like, we're not going to do this traditional style of training. We're not going to join a team. We're not going to do any of this stuff. You you have to have that that unbridled like just belief in what you are doing 100. percent no matter what. And I think that's kind of what got him this level. But I, it, again, like you said, is, is that might be also what's capping the, the level. He's already lead, obviously, but if you want to get to another, that, that little bit above, obviously like a different input or something like that. And that's, I think the hard part to do is to switch 
to all of a sudden take in other people's things because there's going to be so much noise from all these other camps. We got to do aerobic work. You got to do this work. You got to do this work. And for them to kind of pick out the correct piece that they might need be hard. My thought just watching the swim in that comment immediately was like, I don't think he wants to be back swimming right now. It, it, right. Again, I don't know the guy. I don't know anything about him. I'm just, again, just watching those videos after the Olympics, the comments after all the things that went on. It just seems again, like, you know, he's kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of done, you know, I mean, really. And, and that was, again, this is a huge leap to, to even think that, you know, for him to say mentally I'm done, but I'm sure he's got other interests. There was not, you know, a lot of times like swimming, what keeps you in the sport is, you know, other people around you. And he's always been, you know, team Michael, you know, where it's just been him. And so there's, there's really no, nothing else to kind of tie you in. And, right. and so if that changes, it's like, well, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what he can do. Uh, yeah. So can you imagine making, done. yeah. Can you imagine making a decision when you were 14 years old, where you just yeah. felt like at 24, I mean, again, we're, we're all, it's all supposition here, but where you just felt like, I guess I'm stuck with this decision I made at 14. Like I have, I'm on this path and I can't get off it. Um, yeah. And we talk about this all the time, just with colleges about how kids are like 16 and they're choosing a college, what a huge decision that is at 14, he was deciding he's going to be a pro at 24, you know, um, I was trying to figure out beer specials at a bar and he's like trying to figure out, is this the career he wants to be on? And again, right. it's 24. So yeah, he is a man, but nonetheless, at 24 and 14, and he'd been insulated for so long, again, to, to know what options are available for you. And, and you're like, well, this is what I've always done. Do I just keep on continuing? And then you're not that fully vested uh, like, like you need to be, I guess. I, I, again, it's all speculation, obviously, but just it's all based on just the one comment of us not being really trained up for this event. We're going to get it next time. It's it just that's just the classic you know, coach quote that you read in every, every, every magazine for any sport. Yeah. Well, you know, we're working on some things, we're ironing these things out and we'll be ready next time. No problem. You know, that's just a class throw it, throw it in there. Yeah. You remember that time, uh, you know, Tony Gwynn was playing for the, I'm going to go for the really dated baseball reference, you know, he's playing for the Padres and uh, he was struggling and they said like, Oh yeah, we're going to work on hitting next year. This year we've just been practicing fielding. But hitting is not yeah. you know, that important part of the game. I don't know. I mean, it just drives me crazy. Um, but let's let's shift gears. And for the people that are listening to the audio version of this, um, you're going to get less than the YouTube version of this because we're actually going to watch a little bit of video um, watching Michael Andrews swim the breaststroke. So we're going to switch from a, um, a discussion of professional swimming here and more into some of the stuff that you and I like to do sometimes, which is just watch people swim and uh talk about what we see while we're watching them swim it's it's our most popular um youtube videos and we got a couple videos we got michael swimming his hundred breast um this is a prelim uh race at world championship trials and then we got his 50 breaststroke as well these are both from peter andrews um instagram i'm going to share the screen and then we can um and we can get right to it Okay, of course, um, you know, we have to deal with the um, very vertical video, but we have Michael in the middle of the pool with a black cap um, racing his hundred breaststroke. And, and we're just going to play it on loop. Spoiler alert, everyone on the side is already going, what's with the heels breaking the surface of the water, dude? 
right? We're looking at these comments. Like, does the skimming of the heels cause Michael to be less propulsive in his kick? Well, M who 303, we're going to try to answer that question for you uh, as soon as possible. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> Turns out pushing on air with your legs is not propulsive. Did you know that, Troll? I, I, I've heard that. I think I read that somewhere. Yeah. Maybe one of those yeah. Dot Com books. Yeah. What are your, what are like, <laughs> I showed this to you and your reaction is very not safe for uh, not getting us an explicit rating yesterday. <laughs> you know, um, what do you see in his breaststroke? I, you know, I, I think one of the things I noticed is, is the way he swims. He, he looks like, again, like um, you see a lot of times with people with longer torsos and taller people like that kind of swimming more out in front. So if you're looking at kind of um, how long he gets into the stroke and, and how bad his dad is at camera. Uh, yeah, geez, keep your son in frame, man. It's like a hot dog. You had to get a quick bite and it's dripping out, you know. Um, so get, the, the good part is obviously that surge he's got going forward and he, and he's, and he planning kind of on his chest. So I always think about like, um, breaststroke, like the, um, kind of like that tipping point, like right around, I just kind of imagine like the line from the top of the being almost like the tipping line. You got your center of mass, your hips right below that point, you got your center buoyancy out in front. So the more that he stays long like that, the more he's keeping weight out in front of his stroke. And so that, that was going to help him obviously keep his uh, lower back up higher in the water. It's going to keep his legs a lot higher in the water. And so I think that that's one of the things he does obviously really well with his height and kind of lunging forward and surging into that and everything kind of coming into one piece, especially at the start of the race. And by one piece, I mean like as the arms go forward, the head goes forward all together. So you get like a summation of those two forces. As he lands the stroke, you know, you get that great surge forward. And you've already got a line that's moving forward. And so then that's kind of the where, where the breaststroke, I think, has kind of evolved into is the idea that you've already got a moving line going forward. Then you bring the kick in. So you're not trying to create, uh, you know, momentum. You're not trying to really hold the water as much as you're just trying to, you know, push a moving line through the water, which is a lot easier and a lot more, uh, a lot less uh, energy to do that. The problem though right now is how his heels obviously are, are breaking the surface. And so you think obviously like the whole point of your hands, feet in the water is more about traction to get the body moving forward rather than, you know, the, the idea you're taught when you're red cross, so you're bringing water to you and like little handfuls of water. He's trying to surge forward onto the water. So the feet and the legs are acting like as an anchoring point a little bit as he surges onto that. And then it just keeps the body moving. So it's like driving a car car's already going 60 you don't need to keep on you know slowing down pumping the gas slowing down pumping the gas it's like it's already going 60 so so See, basically have, just less energy i have an idea about what's going on and i i'm just trying to do a freeze frame yeah, for a second to 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 talk about because i don't i want to watch his 50 because you can actually see why he's got so much speed because he he does something like it's funny his dad says this is efficient I actually think if you look at his 50, it's it's quite a bit more efficient than his 100. So something is going wrong with him um, as he's actually trying to slow this movement down and do like, you know, quote unquote, a long stroke. And it's a really, really common thing I see in breaststroke. Um, but basically the fundamental of it is when, as he's like, you know, loading up this kick right you're going to end up bending your knees to to do that 
And most people, like in their mind, the movement they think of when they're bending their knees is a traditional squat, right? So bend your knees, squat position. And um, what happens to your butt when you do a squat? It goes behind you. Now, if that is, if we translate that into like a swimming pool, right? That means your hips are moving towards the surface. Okay. Now, um, where are your heels in relation to your um, butt? If you're doing a, a good squat, they're basically on the same plane. So he's actually doing the wrong movement as he bends his knees. Um, and a lot of people do this in breaststroke. And it's the reason why I see them ending up breaking their plane. The movement that you want to do when you um, load your kick and breaststroke is not a traditional squat. There's a, there's a movement known as a, a sissy squat. Um, and I credit myself learning this um, from uh, the very popular social media guy, knees over toes guy. Um, if you want to go find that guy who sort of made a living out of being like sort of debunking a lot of the myths about, you know, like knee pain and squatting and all that stuff. Um, and I might, as, as you talk over some other stuff, um, pull up a video of a sissy squat, but essentially what you're allowing the do allowing the knees to do is actually come over the toes so that you're not, you're not like, you're not moving that your hips up, your hips actually slide forward and underneath you as you start pulling. And that creates a little bit of like, like you, you make a little bit of a boat um, shape in your body and it gives the heels space to um, have your knees bent and be catching water underneath. Um, so I'm going to start playing the 50 breaststroke and maybe I, like, cause I see a little bit more of that movement in it. Um, and then maybe I'll pull up a sissy squat in the background, but I'll, I'll listen to you talk a bit first. And respond yeah, I didn't, again, it'd be nice water video to, to kind of be able to jump to that. Cause I, I didn't want to say anything about that part of the kick because, you know, I'm not sure what he's doing there. Um, what I noticed, you see how he's side, loading it up here, how like, yeah, but if you stop right there, of... that the head position, I think is kind of part of it here. And, and what I was getting to is, is when, when he throws the head back that hard and so when he's being a little more dramatic like that the back arch is hard and the heels get drawn up and that and i think that's kind of why what was kind of kind of jumping to with the idea of the heels breaking the water i mean as soon as he hits the water he's already it's already jumping his heels are jumping out of the water you know and, and he's in his slipping the kick i think he's forcing that upward part of his stroke so that upward kind of surging motion by doing that really dramatically uh, it's forcing the hips a little bit down and, and possibly like you're saying with the knees and the heels come right to the surface and then it catches air. And so they're just, they're sliding around. So um, kind of elaborating more on, on what I was saying before with the idea that they're not trying to create force on that kick. It, it's more of like maintaining tempo. Like you're just creating this vortice behind you where you're just kind of like, you know, spinning the water almost to keep that speed going for a 50 versus like doing eight separate jump squats of loading up lunge loading up lunge is like you know trying to maintain a speed and he looks again like you said like he's kind of loading up hard and by doing that at that particular moment especially when his head goes up hard like that the heels kind of break out of the water and so by loading so hard like that it's um 
just it's thrown his stroke off quite a bit. And I think it was around the seventh or eighth stroke. You can just see all of a sudden everything kind of changes, like the head position changes, the weight changes. And then, and again, it's like, it's, it's only a 50. <laughs> why, why is the stroke changing that hard? Like right there, that one. And right. then into the, it shifts from one side to this other kind of a stroke a little bit more. And, and I actually had an impression this was better, but there's still like, there's so I, I, much air. Yeah, I, th I thought I kind of liked the hundred a little bit better in, in a sense because <laughs> the 50, um, again, it's like he it, it starts out through this part of the stroke. It's one stroke and then it shifts over. And I think what he was trying to do is he's trying to force it too much in the hundred. What I liked about it is I think what his dad was saying with the efficiency was like, he wasn't really over swimming it as much as he seemed to do on the first half of this 50 breaststroke, where again, the tempo seems to be dropping. I don't have a, uh, it'd be nice to have the metrics on that, but, but it definitely looks like a change as far as like how much distance he's getting with that, that tempo. Um, the hundred, it just, I, again, he looked like he didn't have it from the go, but it, it looked like he was doing the best he could with the stroke. This one right in here also starts to you know, get muddied up. Yeah. And I would say he's still like, what do you think about this? Like I'm, I've sort of freeze framed it on what I mean by a sissy squat. To me, this is more analogous yeah. to like a movement you might find yourself doing in breaststroke versus yeah, what people I... traditionally do, which is kind of like, you know, like, like you're not, you're, you're going to be lifting your, your upper body up like this. Anyway, you're not going to be doing a traditional squat motion where you keep your, your upper body on this plane but like people move their hips, like they're doing a traditional squat. What I think is if you took this body and put it obviously like, like in a breaststroke position, uh, I think what you have then is, is again, as the body surges forward and you kind of hit the water it is striking the surface of the water. Um, you know, you get to get the water going flowing from, you know, obviously from the chest down towards the hips and through is, is that helps kind of, again, create that lift in, in the water, like the hull of the ship. If all of a sudden, like you said, you brought your knees forward hard, um, you know, you'll see the lower back up out of the water, which a lot of coaches are like, okay, that's what I want. I want, you know, lower back high in the water. But if you're doing it because the knees are forward, it, it creates a huge amount of drag all at once. And so you get right. that kind of start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. And so I, I think it's a good hypothesis of what's going on with the stroke. I just, I, I haven't seen the underwater to, to know if, if that's what's going on. Um, so again, it'd, it'd be interesting to just kind of, you know, the mindset going into that that event what was he trying to do with those those strokes um to kind of gauge where, where things have gone wrong and I know, just kind of how, how makes me want to pull up some away. underwater of him in the in the in the breaststroke <laughs> all right because it's funny to get we were talking about this earlier that, that we're just such a like you know outcome-based sport where it's like well He's an Olympian. Therefore, this must be great. And so I wonder, you know, how many people are like, hey, well, let's just try, like, you know, getting your heels out of the water on this next race here. You know, they can also never try to mimic whatever they see. Um, but, yeah, I think I think something's gone a little, little off on the stroke and you got no idea why. Oh, my gosh. We, we could watch. We missed. We didn't know we could watch uh, Brett Hawk and Mike Landrew race a 25 freestyle. <laughs> I thought that was Joe Rogan. Brett's getting bigger. Holy cow. I know. Yeah, Brett's looking uh, – he says he's making a comeback, you know, next year for Masters Worlds. Um, let's see if this 50 breaststroke has any underwater shots in it. Now to quote no. LLQJ, don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years. I feel like I feel like we probably have to get 
Guy's ready to roll, man. 100 breaststroke Olympics. But this is Olympic trials. I don't there's gotta be underwater footage, but like I'm yeah, just scrolling through just scrolling through it doesn't seem like there is any underwater footage. It's all over I mean, the water. You can at least it's got enough top angles though where you can kind of see where the heels are as far as like okay. showing how novel this is right now with his stroke. So this is him like setting the American record. So the, it was representative of him. You can see him racing, you know, at his absolute best. Was this back when you had that love affair of, of just, you know, the posters on the wall and things like that? Or <laughs> I can't remember it, when exactly it was I fell out of it. Or when, when, did, when did the luster wear off? It might have been at this meet. <laughs> was it? I, I, thought it, I thought it was Olympics where all of a sudden your poor little Chris had to take that poster down from his bedroom wall. There was a bit of a COVID thing going on as well, I have to admit. Um, so there he's got the black cap. In lane four, in the middle. So swim academy. So are they uh, taking people in, kind of like a race club or something like that? Or I think they're always willing to take somebody in. Are they right? No, it's the same. That's the things. Yeah, he's actually hitting the surface of the water right there too. He's always had kind of a big kick, I, I thought, but um, again, it works for him, but. If you look the the the, the, the previous the podcast long form interview with him, he actually tries to justify that this is good because again, that's sort of the bubble that they're in. <laughs> he will yeah. like say like I have a good kick, my kick is I, good. But I just thought like again, we commented this after the Olympics again that that first kick, how big it is underneath the water, how it really seems to decelerate pretty quickly at that point, and also his head position starts to change. Abruptly, as he, he got close to that, that first wall. Um, yeah, but you still see, even there, he's, he's, he's breaking the surface. So I wonder if it is a lot of it. Um, yeah, on that second or third to last stroke, you kind of see like what you're saying about the knee position kind of coming up and underneath him pretty hard. Uh, and that, that coupled with the, the length that he keeps out in front of his stroke is, is probably what's bringing the heels up hard like that. So, right. Um, next one, probably. Yeah, I can't just stop it on the right moment, but there is, I think this is the one in here also. He's, he's coming up hard as he kind of, it's almost like he's trying to load up for that last surge. And so by doing that, he's yeah. loading up, by like really driving forward with the legs to get like that one solid push. Or like you said, like that one solid squat, you know, like all of a sudden you switched from like, you know, squatting 200, to, I'm going to get one on 400 on right now. Right. And, and like, yeah, maybe you could get a little more force production by um, bending your knees like that. But you're also like under the water, you're creating a flat like point of resistance versus versus an elliptical point of resistance. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so like again, when you're making strokes, you always have to kind of like think about what, what, what the balance is on this. You know, if you throw out more force, what are you going to be giving up? Are you going to get yeah. more lactate production? Are you going to get more drag? You know, uh, and, and so that that's the interesting thing I think with all these strokes. That's what I like about breaststroke. Again, is you've got to you got to modify it obviously for all these different body types. Not everyone is going to be completely symmetrical. You're going to have people with longer torsos, longer arms, longer legs, what have you. And you have to adjust the stroke accordingly. And so again, 
hey, obviously he's done a great job with with what he's got. But right now, obviously, the, the little bit you see in the Olympics has become more pronounced uh, right now. I mean, okay, so just for fun at the end, should we watch um, Joe Rogan slash Brett Hawk race Michael Andrew in a 25, you know? I, I, I guess I guess we need Are you to game for that? Yeah, what I need to do is I need to hire my, my 10-year-old son for the summer to stand in the corner of this room and flap his arms up and down so that the lights start going off on me. But either way. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to load it up in the background and then um... – I'm going to actually, you know, because it's it's a lot of Brett Hawk talking. I can only assume that he's talking some talking some smack. He's getting you in know, his head. Yeah. He's a savvy veteran move probably on his right. I mean, that's it's, what else does he have at this point? Um, I just mean on Michael Andrew, you know. He has many other things. I want no offense to Brett. Okay. Here we go. They're going to go from a push. No, no, they're still warming up. Brett's got to do some sculling. Dang! I think I think what uh, Hawks done though, it's just kind of a classic, like those dudes that get in the weight room thinking that you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to lift a lot more weights to to get better at the hundred fly, and they just lift themselves out of an event because it just changes their uh, their body position so drastically. So he'll be fine for fifty, but nonetheless. I'm sure he's going to swim fast at Masters Worlds. Yeah, I, I got a feeling. Okay, so we got Brett. Sorry, I, let me just make sure I understand. Brett's on the right. Michael's on the left. We're gonna we're gonna see this uh, twenty-five showdown. Three, two, one. pretty good like a stroke back brett hawk all right and he, he, i think what, what brett needs to work on there is that that feels the top of the stroke man he uh he looks like he's just trying to exert his uh his dominance over the water and it's, it's not working as well as it used to losing, losing his feel he's not following his own advice you know what i mean he's always talking about how you relax when you're trying to sprint he's forcing it way too hard i think you're right um well that's talk got backfired on him yeah yeah joel thanks as always oh thank Um, you uh good luck today in whatever it is you're doing (laughs) and uh thanks all listeners watch for the youtube version of this guys if you want to see the race footage as we're talking about it and um otherwise uh i'll be back next week with uh trevor again and and maybe joel again on thursday you know we'll we'll see see what happens in our lives okay bye guys See you later.